talk about the book and we're going to talk about the word but honestly I started this live like two nights ago and I was supposed to be on a call with some of my sisters so I had to jump off but I really didn't want to go live because I was like God how am I going to go live and tell the people that I slipped up when you gave me the vision I don't understand how did I slip up and you gave me the vision I can't be out here slipping up and God was like why not What's so great about you that you can't slip up and make mistakes? And so in that conversation, conversation went on and I was being destiny and just telling him what I was feeling. And he took me to, y'all know I don't be prepared for real. The scripture that says there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The reason why that scripture, let me find it. If you know it, drop it in the chat. Um, Cause I don't know off the top of my head, there is. Now, therefore, no. Listen, and for those of you who are kind of new to the studying of the Bible, honestly, I will Google a verse in a heartbeat, okay? I will Google a verse, find out where it is. I go to Bible Hub. I also have like, Bible books. But I go to Bible Hub and I'm like, all right, which version do we need to be looking at? <laughs> but no, it's Romans 8 and 1. Hi, Romans 8 and 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the reason why that matters is because my lack of desire for doing the live was rooted in shame because I felt guilty about slipping up on the 45 medium challenge. And then that guilt, because I didn't really talk about it, I was trying to like keep it to myself, that guilt started to become shame. Now, the slippery slope of guilt is, I did a thing, I made a mistake, ugh, ouch, I can't believe I did that. But what happens when we don't take that guilt to God is, we start, I start, speaking for Destiny, not speaking for you, I start to then go down this spiral of I made a mistake, which the spiral then leads me to I am a mistake. Now, there are lots of thoughts that go in between I made a mistake and I am a mistake. But at the crux of what the difference is between guilt and shame is guilt says I made a mistake. Shame says I am a mistake. And the reason why that matters along with this verse 
is because it's condemnation that brings us from guilt into shame. And so like Romans 8 and 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So what that means is that Jesus, our Savior, the one who went, was hung, and pierced, and bruised, and battered for our sins, he didn't do that so that we would sit in condemnation. And here is why that matters. Because condemnation brings us into shame. When we are in shame, look at what Adam and Eve did. If we go back to the garden, back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve realized they was naked, they were ashamed. And what did they do? They hid from God. And so why God really wanted me to come on here and do this is because that has been my disposition. If I make a mistake, if I do something bad, ah, we're not going to God because he's going to be mad. And I don't want to talk to him because he's going to be mad. Meanwhile, God is like, okay, but one, I'm not mad. I knew you was going to do it in the first place. Hello, I'm God. Two, I have sent Jesus to take care of that feeling of condemnation. And so what happens, what happens is we go from guilt and then with that guilt, we get condemnation. We start to condemn ourselves. Let's look at the definition of condemnation for, for my word, folks. Condemnation. Condemnation is the expression of very strong disapproval. Obviously, God is going to disapprove when we disobey him, right? But the difference between God and the enemy is that God does not chastise us with condemnation. God brings correction. So how do we even get there? Through conviction. Whenever I make a mistake and it's that, ooh, I made a mistake, that is step one to growth, maturity, healing, and understanding. It is the acceptance of, dang, I made a mistake. That's the conviction. That's Holy Spirit saying, girl, get it together, okay? Step one is conviction. And so depending on what we're rooted in, if we're rooted in inner me, if we're rooted in our own mind, then that conviction is what turns into guilt which then turns into condemnation, which then turns into shame. But when we are rooted in God's truth and love, such as in Romans 8, 1 and 2, that conviction says, okay, I made a mistake. God, I'm not perfect. You didn't call me to be perfect. So how do I move forward after making this mistake? And what that does is it takes, one, the pressure off of us to be perfect because there is but one who is perfect and he went to the cross and died for our sins. But not only does it, does it take the pressure off of us to be perfect, it takes the pressure off of us to fix it. Because if I make a mistake, generally it's probably something that I've done before. If we're just going to be honest. How many times have you made the same mistake continually 
Because that's that's where that guilt and that shame really comes in. When it's something that you have gone through already, you're like, dang, I can't even believe that I just did that again. Pause right there. Because we don't want to open the door for condemnation. Because when we open the door for condemnation, we then open the door for shame. And what happens once we start shaming ourselves and we start hiding ourselves from God is now we're disconnecting ourselves. We're disconnecting ourselves from the source, furthering this downward spiral of I am bad. Because that's what it all boils down to when we're talking about shame is I'm bad as a person. One of the revelations that I've gotten along this journey that rocked me and Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me more clarity on the revelation this morning. But one of the revelations I got was that as a result of past experiences through my childhood, I started to justify my existence in the earth through performance. So I wanted to perform well to justify why I should be existing on the earth. Yeah, it, it was deep. Still kind of stinks a little bit. But because of where that was rooted, God was like, yeah, I don't need you to operate in that. That's not actually my truth and my love and motion in your life. That is rooted in all of those past experiences. That is rooted in that fear of being abandoned. That is rooted in that shame of the past mistakes. That is rooted in doubting that I love you enough to just simply want you to exist because I created you. And so in this season, God is really, it's a transition where many of us are in this transition right now of going from being who we've always been to who God has designed us to become. And in this in-between space, God is like, I need to pluck some things up out of you. And it's, these are deep things, guys. These things, it's not just, oh, you don't know how to forgive it's you don't know how to forgive because of this root and now with this root i need to pluck it up and that's why we can't get caught up in condemnation because then it starts to tear us away from god who is the source and during this season of transition it's going to get ugly when it comes down to the uprooting we need god God is going to prune the garden of our hearts. But if we don't let God prune the garden of our hearts, we're still going to end up with the same ickiness that we've been carrying around for the last 20, 30 years. And so with this not falling into condemnation, it's for a purpose. It's so that we don't do like Adam and Eve did. We don't hide away from God in shame. If you make a mistake because you're human, it's okay. And not only is it okay, but God's grace is sufficient when we take it to him. Paul said, God, I got a thorn in my side and I need you to get rid of it. And God was like, no, actually, I'm not going to do that. This thorn is going to stay where it is. Why? Because my grace is sufficient. God's sufficient grace isn't just covering 
certain aspects of our lives. It's covering the totality of our personhood, including the mistakes that we make. And so when we tap in, when we are rooted in God's love and truth, we have an understanding that, yeah, I made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. Yeah, I might have failed, but I'm not a failure. Yeah, I might have slipped up, but I'm not going to keep slipping. And so what that does is it takes the responsibility off of us to fix it, but it also snatches away the power of inner me of condemnation. Because when we accept, oh, wait, there is no condemnation in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is in me. He's dwelling in me. I got the Holy Spirit. So now... I've got the power and authority to say, no, this mistake happened for me. And then I take it to God and say, okay, what do I do now? And when I take it to God, God, the conviction is already there, but God's going to correct it. Case in point, this live. This is the correction of destiny slipping up on the 45 medium challenge. The correction is... I need to stop hiding behind this perfect image and be real, transparent, and vulnerable. That's been a challenge for destiny. No, I'm perfect. As far as the world is concerned, as far as the people that know me, they don't have to know all of me. I don't need to know all of me because if you know all of me, you might not like me. And if you stop liking me, then the validation that I need from your approval is not going to happen. Meanwhile, God is like, I don't need you to seek approval from anybody else but me. Hello, Revelations. So, if you are like me and just slipped up on this 45 medium challenge, or you're doing something outside of the 45 medium challenge and you slipped up, you made a mistake, you went after something and it didn't go as planned, and so it feels like you failed, it's okay. One, it's okay because failure is a part of the process. And we have to stop feeling like it's the ultimate F word. Failure is a part of the process. And instead of seeing it as such a negative thing, see it as the positive that it is. I learned how not to do something a thousand times. It only takes one time for me to do it and succeed. And all them failures go out the window because I, I succeeded. God wants for us to keep trying because with every time that we try and it doesn't work out the way we feel like it should, he comes in with an aspect of growth and healing and understanding that we truly need. If this, well, not even if, when this situation came up previously where I signed up to do something for the Lord and it got hard and I gave up, I gave up. I turned around, I said, um, obviously this wasn't for me, so we're just going to go back to doing what we always do. And it sent me back. And I've been crawling my way forward since that incident. And now it's like, oh, I see now how then... I allowed condemnation to breathe shame into me and I allowed that shame to make me hide away from God. And in hiding away from God, when God wanted to come through and when God wanted to use me, I didn't have enough of him in me to truly be used for real. Mm. 
Lord fix it. And so along this journey, it's all about healing. It's all about growth and it's all about understanding. When we are operating in a healed space, we are operating knowing that all things work together for our good, regardless of what it looks like. And we no longer take our failures as personal attacks on us as people because we're human. That thorn in your side called humanity isn't going anywhere. God knows it's there. God knows that it's going to cause us to do certain things and to have certain behaviors. But that's why he calls us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But the thing about that is, is that he does not tell us to do the transforming. Let's go find it. Be transformed by the renewing. Uh, hey, Jess. Hey, partner. I need to figure out how to see my comments. Girl, is you talking to me in here? Because I... Mm. I can't tell. But anyway, Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, let's pause. The first part of that sentence says, do not be transformed. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. There's not a period there. It continues on to say, but... In my, in my spirit, that's the Lord saying, but I know you're going to conform because you're human. So, because I know you're going to conform, here's the remedy. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Does that say that you got to transform it? Nope. That's not what that says. In the New Living Translation, it says, but let God... Transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Wow. And that's what this whole thing is about. Because Destiny's thinking, thinking prior to now was, I made a mistake. I am a mistake. I don't deserve to exist because I made a mistake. That was literally like the train of thought spiral. And God is like, wait, 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 time out flag on the play pause you're going you're doing too much first of all bring it back to me and let me walk you through what should actually be happening because then when we allow god to change the way we think guess what happens then you will know you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect so it's not that God wants us to just be out here reckless. No, he don't want us to just be out here just making mistakes willy-nilly to shiggles. But God understands that we are going to make mistakes. And when we do, what are we supposed to do? Let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Excuse me. Now, I want to I argue something. I don't necessarily like that change you into a new person. Because here's the thing. The person who God created is the person who doesn't need to be transformed. 
And so, oh, I hope I can say this the way I hear it. Seth, feel it. Oh, help me, Jesus. When God formed us, in a, before God formed us in our mother's wombs, he knew us, right? And in God knowing us, he knew exactly who we were going to be at the end. He saw us fulfilling his ultimate mission for our life as that version. We are the planet-shaking, mission-fulfilling version of ourselves right now. The destiny that God created and spoke to that's going to like go forth and be great, she exists in me right now. But because of the way that the world has worked in my life, my mind doesn't conceive her to exist. Because we got self-doubt and we got low self-confidence, we got low self-esteem, we got all these things. So when I let God transform those things, I'm not necessarily a new person, but I'm a new version. I embody the fullness of who God designed me to become as I allow him to transform me from the inside. We keep trying to do all the things that transform our outside. Meanwhile, the inside is what's crumbling, crackety, crunchety. And God is like, I know I know, and I need you to stop. Be still. Be still and know that I am God, is what that scripture says. And when we're still and we know that God is God, then we understand, okay, God, you wrote this story. Nothing catches you by surprise. Not one mistake catches you by surprise. Not one failure catches you by surprise. Not one mishap catches you by surprise. Not one backstabbing friend catches you by surprise. Nothing catches God by surprise. And because it does not catch him by surprise, and because his word tells us that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, that means that if he's called you according to his purpose, which he totally has, all things, not just the good things, all things, every single thing that you encounter, that you endure, that you navigate through, that God navigates you around, all of those things work together for the good. The ultimate good that God is working, which is his good and pleasing and perfect will. God is working those things right now. And what happens is along the journey of life, our minds get contorted. They get twisted. They get perverted. Just like Adam and Eve did in the garden. When they fell into sin, then they started thinking. They got what Cookie calls stinking thinking. And they started to feel ashamed of themselves. And they hid themselves from God because they felt the condemnation that God didn't even give. God didn't condemn them. God said, hey, where y'all at? He was still concerned about them, even though he knew that they had messed up. Ooh. And I know that for me, it's hard to understand that about God because it's so contrary to the people that I've experienced in my life. The parental figures and the authoritarian figures in my life, if you make a mistake, you got to pay for it. You don't get to just make a mistake and my unconditional love loves you past it. <laughs> no, you have to pay for this. Meanwhile, God is like, but that's not me. If you truly take time to read the Bible for real, 
you'll see that God's people, the Israelites, made mistakes, honey. They was, whew, they had these tribes. The tribes started doing their own thing. And then in doing their own thing, they started acting crazy, getting reckless, having wars, killing people, making false idols, doing all the things. And God was like, no, we're not doing that. So let me correct y'all. And so God sent some stuff to happen, tried to correct them. And some of them got corrected. Some of them didn't. And they continued to live the way that they had been living. And God was like, okay, it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's all right. I'm going to try again. Like when you read the Bible and you encounter the Moseses and the Davids and all the people that we talk about, we talk about them because they were messengers and stewards of promises of God that were allowed to help drive the storyline. Because God has created this masterful story and we are here to help drive the storyline in the very same way. And let me tell you something, all them people made mistakes. All of them made mistakes even as they were journeying to do the will of God. And guess what God did? He used them. So all of this boils down to God wants to use you. And because God wants to use you, because he has a good, pleasing, and perfect will, there is now therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus because God sent Christ as another attempt of, all right, I love my children and I want them to go forth and prosper and fulfill the prophecy that I gave to them way back when. But I need them to be transformed in such a way that they won't allow their flesh to rule their lives. That's what it means to truly be a believer. It's not about being perfect because we're going to make mistakes. It's about when I make a mistake, what do I do about it? Do I continue to wallow in the mistake? Do I continue to just live life making mistakes? Or do I accept the conviction and say, okay, daddy, I give up. I'm tired of making mistakes. Help me. And I allow God to correct me from the inside out because every behavior, every pattern, everything that you do has a root. Hear me when I say, I don't care what it is. It has a root. And if you really take time to allow God to prune the garden of your heart, he's going to uncover the fact that that root started to grow at an instance that happened probably in childhood. And it could have been a simple moment. But from that simple moment, now this root of abandonment starts to fester and it starts to grow and because of this root of abandonment now everything that I do I have to prove my worth to you I have to prove why you should love me I have to prove why I'm good enough for you to stick around and as I'm trying to prove this now I'm developing this pride about myself that is actually a false pride because I really got low self-esteem and I can't explain it but I'm real prideful even though I don't feel like I should be prideful about anything and so now these roots are starting to grow and they're starting to manifest in these different trauma responses. And I'm responding to the world as a people pleaser. Trauma response. I'm responding to the world always trying to fight people. Trauma response. I'm responding to the world as never really knowing how to make a decision. Trauma response. But when we allow God to do what Romans 12 and 2 says, 
and to transform us by the renewing of our mind, we find out that not only does God love us unconditionally, not only with that unconditional love has he given us a planet-shaking purpose on this earth, but with his love and with that planet-shaking purpose, God is going to fulfill his ultimate prophecy back from Genesis 3 and 15, where he tells us, he tells Eve, that Eve's seed is going to crush the head of the enemy. As Eve's seed, it is your duty. It is my duty. It is our birthright by design to crush the head of the enemy. And how do we do that? Well, Revelations tells us we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Jesus already shed his blood. It's the word of our testimony that helps us navigate the journey to crushing the head of the enemy. Because the more people hear your story, the more it starts to peel back the layers of them who have heard you. And as it peels, as God peels back those layers, he's going to transform them by the renewing of their mind, not you. You're not transforming. I'm not transforming anybody. So anybody who watches this live and like you feel the conviction and you're like, dang, I should probably correct something. Big up to Jesus. He did it. I didn't. I'm still trying to figure it out. My dog on self. I had a friend, oh, hey, Cassandra. I had a great friend um, the other night we were on the call and she was like, um, no, you're not winging it. You're doing a great job. I'm learning so much. And I was like, girl, big ups to Jesus because we high key winging it out here. <laughs> because I, again, I say, Destiny wasn't doing this live. God, what you mean? I got to go and tell the people that I slipped up and ain't. What is you saying? But that's one of the things that <laughs> that's one of the things that God has been working on me throughout this entire season is being vulnerable and transparent in what's going on. Is understanding I'm not an island to myself. And in me not being an island, my testimony is going to help someone else. Because it's not the perfection that draws people to God. It's the transparency. <laughs> yes, just faith in it till I make it, okay? Which sometimes, y'all, woo, we're not even gonna get into that because that's a whole nother life for a whole nother day and I've already been on here too long. <laughs> but, Y'all, God is real. He loves us unconditionally, okay? If you've ever had a doubt in your mind about whether God loves you or not, I need you to truly grab a hold to the words that have come out of my mouth in this live video. There is now no condemnation. There is no bondage. There is no heartbreak, no heartache. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of... Matter of fact, let's go find that verse before we close. 
Um, 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 there is nothing that can separate. Romans, oh, Paul would just be writing all the things. Romans 8 and 31. And it goes through 39, but let's... What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who? 34. Who then will condemn us? Nobody. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. That's so good that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God pleading for us. He's literally saying, Dad, I know they out there living reckless, but if you would just continue to pull at their heartstrings, continue to allow them to watch different videos and allow them to interact with different people and allow them to truly learn your truth, they're going to be all right. Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened to death? No. Despite all these things, I'm in verse 37. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced, or in some translations, and I am persuaded that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, nor that crusty, dusty, big-headed old inner me that be trying to talk us out of certain things. No. Can't stop us. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. If there was ever a question about whether God loves you or not, meditate on Romans 8, 31 through 39. Yeah. And then Romans 12 and 2. And then Romans 8 and 1 and 2. I'm going to put them in the description. The scriptures that I didn't know I was pulling until we pulled them. I'm going to put them in the description. <laughs> All right, we're going to pray and get up out of here because I I don't talk too much. All right, Lord. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you, God, that what the enemy has meant for evil, you have turned it around for good, God. When the enemy came in to so condemnation and try to pluck at my shame strings God you came in with conviction and corrected me Lord and I pray that through 
this correction that your voice your name would be made great in the in this earth realm god and that your voice would be heard to by all who are listening right now god that they would not see destiny god that they would see you lord that they would come to know your love and your truth in such a authentic and genuine way god in this season of transition god you are helping us to navigate this in-between space god some of us have been in this in-between space for what feels like forever lord but we are believing we are declaring we are standing firm that all things are working together for our good, God. That there is nothing that can separate us from your love, God. That there is nothing that can separate us from your good and perfect will, O Lord. And that as we are taking this journey to truly know you, God, as we're taking this journey to truly understand who we are in you, God, I thank you, Lord, that we are not alone. I thank you that we are not islands unto ourselves and that when we feel like we are, I pray that you would send the flood of love, God. Send the love and the support that we need, oh Lord. Send what we need, God. We have been crying out for certain things, God, and companionship, God. We've been crying out for certain types of friendships, Lord, for certain calibers of women to surround us, oh God. And I thank you that in this season, you are answering those prayers, Lord. You are meeting those needs, oh God to show us just how much you love us and that not only do you love us, that you hear us, God. I thank you that there is not one failure or mistake that can keep us from the love that you have already shown us, oh God, and that the love that you desire to continue to show us, Lord. As we continue this journey, we know we're going to make mistakes, God, but I thank you that your grace is sufficient for every mistake that we're going to make, God. And I thank you that in that sufficient grace, we can rest, God, I thank you that we can rest in your grace. I thank you that this pace that you've set for us to run is continually covered by your grace, God. Help us to know you truly. Help us to learn who you've designed us to become. Help us with the supernatural strategies for success, God, of this planet-shaking purpose, Lord, that you have equipped us with, God. You have not called us because we are equipped, but you have equipped us because we are called, and we thank you for it, God. For those who have slipped up in the 45 medium challenge, God, I pray that your grace would take over them in this moment, God, that they would know that you love them and that it's okay. And that if they start today, It'll be as if nothing ever happened and that you're going to continually pour out what you have already set forth to pour out for them, in them, and through them in this season, God. I thank you for everyone who has watched this live. I pray blessings and favor over each and every person watching and listening right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for loving us better than we could ever love ourselves, God. Help us to remember that we have a divine planet-shaking purpose. Help us to remember that we absolutely matter to you, God. And help us to make the daily decision to be a planet-shaker step by step. I thank you for all things. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray and believe. Amen. I love you to wholeness and I absolutely mean it. Go forth and be great. It's your birthright. You ain't got no choice. Especially not if you connected to me, because I'm going to make sure you ain't got no choice, all right? Just keep me accountable, too, please. Okay, love you. Bye. Have a great day.